This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. So um, I don't want to keep you too long. I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. When I was sort of planning out the interview, I was thinking to myself, it's been a busy week for you. But then I, I look at it as in almost every single week, I'm sure for you guys is very busy. And if anything, probably this week is monumentous, you know, that with the arrival of the first aircraft, it's a it's a sigh of relief in a step of many to getting that first flight um, underway. So... While we're here today, I usually try and have different subsections to make it as interesting as possible for you. So that's personal, bonza, and a couple of fun questions towards the end. Um, But really, to get to know you better, I wanted to start off with taking a look at your history. So now you're the proud CEO of Bonza, but a lot of my audience are part of the younger generation. So they're plotting what will be next for their future. And I guess you as a CEO, many people probably look up to you and, and would love to be at the heights that you're at. So when you were growing up, did you ever envisage yourself reaching this point and, of course, with all the other parts in your career? Or did you have a different outlook? Um, no, like many like many people um, sort of in their you know, teens and 20s, um, it was a case of uh, there was an element, element of blowing with the wind um, and going where the wind blows you. And um, to a certain extent, that's how I found my way into aviation. Um, so there isn't any, uh, you know, my, my, my dad was a greyhound trainer okay. um, in the UK. And it's, um, yeah, there's, there's no long history of aviation in the, uh, in the family or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I sort of got myself into a charter airline mm-hmm. uh, based at London Gatwick uh, about 150 years ago. And... Um, <laughs> You know, once you're in this thing, it's very difficult to break away. And uh, it's the same, uh, I guess I fell into that particular trap. Mm -hmm. And um, one quick look at your CV and the airlines you've been at would definitely say you have a host of experience and you've been to many different um, aviation companies. So I guess with that huge experience, like you said, over the past 150 years, (laughs) um, what did you learn from moving across each role? And I guess what did you bring with you to your role now today in Bonza? Um. I, I guess, you know, wherever the, the key learning is wherever you are in the world, um, people want to travel. Um, you know, travel is aspirational. We all want to do it. We all want to see people. We all want to ca- catch up with uh, friends and family. We want to visit new places, experience new things. And wherever you are in the world, um, that's that holds true. Um, so um, what I love about our industry is the fact that we do exactly that. Um, I don't get too carried away with the business travellers, to be quite honest. Um, there's some uh, airlines that do that very, very well. Um, I've generally not been associated um, with, you know, business-focused airlines. Uh, I love what we do from a low-cost perspective, although I do feel very strongly 
about um, low cost does not mean low quality. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of uh, high quality, low cost. Um, um, and, you know, um, it doesn't doesn't matter whether you pay um, $10 or $100, you deserve great quality service, which means, you know, um, on-time performance service with a smile and people who want to be there and uh, assist you. Um, and I think, you know, sometimes our, the low-cost element of the biz- business has the reputation it deserves because some of the charging mechanisms have been a bit punitive, and I think that's something to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of other lessons learned, um, I, I, I think whether you have a good experience or a bad experience, you actually learn from all of those, and you probably you probably learn more from the, if you like, the setbacks um, that you experience or the negative experiences that you have. Um, you probably mer- learn more on a personal level from those than probably the, the other side of the equation uh, when everything goes smoothly and goes well. I'm glad you said that because I think that can be applied to absolutely anything in life. The challenges really, they change you, do you know what I mean? You have to look at it, you're, you're challenged in a different way that you've never experienced before now, whether that's aviation, whether that's how going to the supermarket and the product you're there, you want is not there. You know, you have to adapt, you have to adapt your thinking and that's, that's a great skill to have. Um, so I definitely understand what you're saying there. And I guess moving now on to the main thing, being Bonza, um, I wanted to just generally start off with why Bonza? So what was the thinking behind that and how did that all come about for someone that maybe uh, hasn't heard as much about the airline uh, being in Australia? Sure. Um, I, I guess the, the origins of Bonza was um, back in 2009, um, I returned from uh, three, three and a half wonderful years in the Philippines. Um, basically transforming um, Cebu Pacific into the low-cost carrier that uh, largely it resembles today. And um, I would step out onto my uh, onto the veranda, out onto the porch, and uh, have a look up at the aircraft flying over the top of my house and realise that most of the people where I was living just couldn't afford to get onto that aircraft. And it was just biz- bizarre um, there is a complete misconnect here in Australia and, in, in fact, in many parts of the world there has been, um, whereby people in regional centres actually earn the least amount of money from a demographic perspective, uh, and yet the airfares are the highest. Um, people in capital cities um, who have access to the low-cost carriers generally um, earn more money, um, and yet they have the lowest airfares available to them. So a complete mismatch in terms of, um, I guess, supply and demand of the lowest fares. Um, and I guess that was a, that was something which just didn't sit well with me. So it was a wrong that uh, I wanted to have some influence in trying to write based on the experience that I'd had in the Philippines, mm-hmm. um, where in the world. You make a valid point about the supply and demand and how people in those regional areas struggled. I don't know if you know, but I'm Australian myself. Grew up in Melbourne for 18 years. I'm now in Canada for a couple of months, but I am Australian. So a lot of what you say and a lot of Bonza in general really resonates with me as someone that grew up in Melbourne and um, saw those airfares really high. At times they would come down and I remember at a certain point they were very low, but then they just shot right back up. And I guess having that availability when everything in the world is so expensive, it just wasn't really there. And it always became a struggle to travel. You're always looking at more premium services. So that's something I've always been very excited about with Bonza is the opportunities to serve those regional markets. And and even today when I was um, explaining to someone about, oh, I'm interviewing you today, and they're like, oh, so what's, what's all Bonza? And this is someone that doesn't know too much about um, aviation. I gave that example that you said, and I am in a small town in Canada. And I said, imagine if 
we didn't have the good connectivity here and the only couple of airlines that flew in the price point was very very high and all of that kind of thing and they were like oh wow that's very interesting and i guess that's what for me has always hit home about bonza is that that affordability that you guys will have in comparison to what else is on the market yeah ab- absolutely um and it's you know this this market already has some good airlines in it without without doubt um but their focus is absolutely uh, squarely on the business end of the end of the market and it works for them that's that's absolutely great um there is just a gap here in the market for a leisure focused um independent low cost carrier um to fill the fill the um significant niche which exists in this market which has already been filled uh, around all of the other largest domestic aviation markets in the world but just not here in australia totally and um i've been doing a lot of digging today i wanted to make sure i wouldn't ask you the same questions and you'd be too bored so i thought i'd put a spin on everything um, obviously, the 737 MAX is a big part of Bonza's future, and that's been made possible thanks to uh, the investment partner being 777 Partners. So rather than say, how did you get the 737 MAXs, I thought I would say, how did you guys determine that the MAX would be the best fit, other, aside from having 777 Partners readily available? Were there other sort of determining factors that saw you guys steer that way? Um, we, we knew that there was an opportunity for a mid-sized jet. Um, whether that mid-sized jet was, you know, which way we turned, whether it was left or right, um, was I was very open to that. Um, and really, um, what we were able to leverage is the fact that through our investment partner, 777, um, they have managed to secure, obviously, a significant order book of, if you like, pandemic-priced MAX aircraft, which clearly lent us then in the direction of the 737 MAX um, with all of the you know, fantastic things associated with that. You know, when we, uh, I will share with this with you, when we when we actually came up with the original business plan, um, we were assuming five to 10 year old aircraft. And not not did we, not once did we dream that we'd actually have, uh, you know, new aircraft off the uh, off the lot um, made, made available to us. So we're in, you know, in bonus territory. Um, you know, there's a slight downside in terms of probably, uh, we're paying sort of probably slightly higher lease rates, but there's a more than offset in terms of uh, lower maintenance costs um and of course wonderful fuel burn um advantages associated with the uh, with the max aircraft and there's nothing like the uh the smell of a, a, a pretty much new aircraft as well it's it's a beautiful especially Indeed. with the, the launch of a new airline having that new smell is just is i'm sure for you guys is like ah oh, that's a lovely feeling as well yeah i, I smelled that yesterday uh, that was <laughs> that was quite a moment yesterday uh, smelling those uh yeah just uh yeah absolutely as you say that new aircraft smell was uh yeah um, it's, st- it's still in the nostril today. So this is off the script. I just thought, how was yesterday for you? Obviously, on a on a personal level, away from all the pressures you might have felt, like did did it fill you with a sense of pride to get to that point where you saw it right in front of you after I'm sure so long of planning? Um, yeah, it's it, uh, it was actually a little surreal, as you can imagine, after such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, you know, I was I was saying to a couple of people yesterday that uh, even some of the video footage of the aircraft in Fiji and in Honolulu, um, even then that was almost, yeah, it's on the way. Well, I was still a little bit non-believing. So I I had to physically, you know, go up and touch the fuselage yesterday and go, yeah, you know what, it's here and it's real. This is So so that was good. And then uh, obviously taking a few few snapshots with the uh, various other, uh, you know, Australian Airlines um, fuselages behind it mm-hmm. sort of makes it very real when uh, you know Bonza, Bonza is sitting there next to uh, next to others on the ramp. 
I saw that one with Jetstar in the background as well, and I just thought that must feel for you guys real, like it's here. It's not turning back, yeah. it's here, here to stay now. Yeah, was, it, it did make it very real. And as I say, some of those, some of those photos actually uh, yeah, brought it very much to the front of mind. Of course. And um, probably for alongside the 737 Max and the Ultra, uh, the low-cost fares that you guys have, I think one of the biggest points when I think of Bonza is 27 routes to 17 destinations. I guess it's like a tagline that you guys have. Um, so tell me a little bit how you picked those 17 destinations. Obviously, I know there's the focus on the regional aspect, but what sort of uh, data did you use to dig deeper and find the, the right choices? Um, you know, uh, I, my, my background about 120 years ago was, um, was at United Airlines and uh, network planning. Um, I had the f- um, fortunate experience of being as part of their network planning team um, back in the late 90s when the Star Alliance was growing up and forming. Um, and that was a wonderful time to be around, you know, such a fantastic um, network carrier um, with it, everything which was happening around the world in terms of aviation at that time. Um, network planning can be quite a complex beast. Um, when it comes to low-cost carriers, less so. Um, it really is a case of looking at the catchment populations um, and um, looking at the demographics and then interpreting them. Um, you know, whether, wherever you are as a low-cost carrier, it's about having a significant dart board and throwing those darts. Um, not all of them are going to stick in. Some of them are going to bounce off and uh, head back towards you. Um, some of them will drop off onto the floor. Um, most of them, though, will, um, will do fine. Um, so there is an element of uh, throwing darts at the dartboard, um, but in terms of the key inputs, it's it's the catchments of um, of those particular centres. Um, when you actually look at some of the size of those centres, um, you go, "Gee, they're pretty small." And then you actually look at the catchments, the natural catchments, and they go, "Well, actually, they're a hundred to two hundred thousand plus people. That's not insignificant." And currently, those particular uh, catchments have an opportunity to fly to their capital city eight times a day but nowhere else mm-hmm. and you sort of go do those people just want to fly to their state capital or would they really like to get off to the beach or would they like to go somewhere else other than the state capital and the answer is obviously is yes of course they would dearly love to especially if the fare was fifty dollars or so and especially if they didn't have to go to that capital then got on something else potentially and then get to it because that's a nightmare and it's especially in this day and age that's a nightmare in itself <laughs> Absolutely, which is, you know, and, uh, you know, we were very thrilled with our IATA designator uh, of being AB. Um, you know, we, we thought if there's, you know, there's something that fits very well, that's exactly what we're all about. We're, you know, we're about getting you from A to B without the C, which is the cost, the connectivity, the chaos, the confusion, whatever um, you'd like to throw in there. But um, we, we're about from A to B. And, that's, as you say, very, very applicable for um, people outside of Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, um, which happens to be half of the Australian population, which is sometimes lost on people. Um, but um, even for people who do live in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, um, Melbourne um, and the Melbourne airport team were very forward thinking. And they recognised that even a metropolis like Melbourne, um, that has wonderful connections already. We've got nine routes, of which six of those are not flown by any other airline um, on our uh, initial network. Eight of those nine are not do not have low-cost fares. 
So six of the nine not operated at all, eight of the nine without low-cost fares. So even for the large capital cities, we, we are and we will bring something very different in terms of a, um, a, a broader footprint for them um, and their, their customers. As a, as a Melbourneian myself, that's nice to hear that they were um, very open to you guys and what, you, what you've offered as, as a company. Yeah, they they have been, and you know there are others who are now sort of um, maybe who turn their head away, who are now probably looking back towards us, going, you know what these guys do to offer something different. It's not going to be. We're about market growth. We're about not taking out of other people's pockets. Um, this is about unserved markets, which otherwise will not travel, and underserved markets. Um, meaning adding a low-cost alternative in the market. And those people that we're talking to will not be travelling on the business travellers because $400 just doesn't work for them. And unfortunately, that's the cost um, and has to be the cost um, for a number of these carriers because of the equipment they fly and the way and the business they operate. Exactly. You're right there. Just the differences in the way they operate as an airline and, and then their charging points and the prices and and the experience. And while that definitely floats for some people, like you said at the beginning of our um, discussion, for other people, there needs to be that other alternative, which I guess is where Bonza is looking at, at slotting itself in, in addition to having that route network that maybe isn't present elsewhere. Yeah, 90, 93% of the of the 27 initial markets, and it is very important, it's initial markets, um, 25 of those 27 are not flown by any other operator. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only two markets there, Melbourne to Mildura and Melbourne to the Sunshine Coast. And very candidly, Melbourne to the Sunshine Coast is there purely for um, connecting the two bases together and to get the aircraft back and forth from a maintenance perspective mm-hmm. um, and an aircraft swap perspective. Um, Melbourne, Mildura is the only market which is where we're actually um, um, on the market. But uh, as you will know, being a Victorian, um, Melbourne, Mildura has two existing operators, both very focused on the business end of the market. And the alternative is a lengthy six to seven hour drive, if you're lucky. Um, If you don't want to pay the, um, you know, four to $500 general round trip between Melbourne and Mildura, which is just so people know, it's just about an hour or a bit less than an hour from a flying perspective. If we can offer that for close to $50 um, one way, there's going to be a lot of people suddenly go, um, I'm going to ditch the driving. Um, let's let's catch the aircraft. That's definitely one I'm targeting. Um, I'm headed back to Melbourne uh, just the beginning of September. So I'm definitely targeting either the Mildura or Sunshine Coast one to give it a go. Because you are right. The other price points for the established are just, I had a look as an example when I've been growing up just for fun. And it left my jaw dropped. I was like, it's an hour. <laughs> uh, are you having? Are you pulling my leg? And I was like, ah, uh-uh, no way. I'll just go somewhere else if need be. But you're right there that it is quite pricey. And obviously it fits a certain market, but it's great to have that alternative as well. Um, and I guess we've been talking about airports, so why not stick with it? What is the process for getting that approval from the airports to fly in and out of? Now, you mentioned some were maybe a bit more hesitant and have slowly but surely come back. But I guess in the early stages, how do you approach an airport to... I guess, start a route kind of thing? We've, um, it actually goes back to last October. Last October when we said, look, we're here. Um, And we actually said, look, if you have interest in 737 MAX operations from Bonza, please let let us know. Um, So there was an element of um, airports self-declaring interest or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we approached 45 airports. We only only had one negative response um, from one airport. And then basically it was a case of um, going through and 
speaking to each of those airports and understanding how serious some of them were. Um, those that were lukewarm um, were put on a, well, let's see later uh, list. Mm-hmm. And those who were very, very enthusiastic, well, they're the 17 that we see on the uh, initial route network. Um, and it is, you know, a lot of people, when you're talking about short, um, when you're talking about short flights, the airport cost component is incredibly um is incredibly important. Um, a one-hour flight, and if you're paying twenty to twenty-five dollars or more um, in passenger service charges at both airports, um, it makes it makes offering a fifty-dollar fare very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you can work with airports and they understand that you're going to bring something different to the market, you're not actually going to be taking out of one hand of theirs and putting it into uh, the other hand. Um, if you're talking about market, true market stimulation, and therefore they are ahead, their region is ahead because they're getting more tourists, their businesses locally are better supported, they've got more access to more markets. Um, all of those things um, basically are very generally very um, positive for the airports and the catchments involved. And that has enabled them to come to us with very attractive long-term pricing, which means that we can commit to their markets and they can commit to us. Mm-hmm. And that was an important thing when I've, I've been reading up is the long-term commitment as well. I believe you said something along the lines of that it was important. Yeah, it is. Um, it's no good. You know, if you can come into a market. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of stunt fares. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we were in the Philippines, we used to, you know, offer, offer, offer fares for two cents. That's fine. It, it's a fantastic thing to raise some awareness. Um, however, you also raise a disappointment factor. Um, if, you know, if all of a sudden there's a limitation on those 10,000 or 50,000 fares, if all of a sudden, um, you know, you have 200,000 or more people who would like to travel with you for, for, for a, a less than a dollar, um, you've just actually created some disappointment. So I would rather that we um, go into the market with sustainable fares that a lot of people can access mm-hmm. because then we're actually delivering on our promise. Totally. Um, I didn't realize I've been talking so long, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. I'll try and move on uh, as quickly as I can. So I do apologize for that. Um, the digital age is something I did want to cover with you. And I guess Bonza's uniqueness comes about, especially in the Australian market, is the app for bookings. So I was wondering if you'd tell me a little bit about that, because you did say, I believe it's got a little bit to do with like an Uber-like system in terms of uh, not that the plane will come pick you up from the house, but not quite to that extent, but it's going to be like an Uber sort of payment and, and all of that. So how did that come about and what's the logic and thinking behind such a uh, big decision? Yeah, we, we, we absolutely um, want an app-first strategy. Um, the, the reason for that is, um, unfortunately, if you have a lot of bookings which come through third parties, mm-hmm. um, in times of disruption or schedule change, um, that information uh, of, uh, related to schedule change or uh, you know just disruption, um, if you don't have the necessary contacts, um, unfortunately, airlines can be tagged um, sometimes correctly, sometimes incorrectly with... Um, not communicating appropriately with customers. Mm-hmm. We want to um, utilize the app um, as an app-first um, strategy so that what we're able to do is communicate with our customers all the way through the, the um, travel um, experience. Um, and in that way, as and when things go wrong, mm-hmm. we can actually communicate very, very proactively with our customers. And we can, if you like, avoid, hopefully, one of the largest 
those largest concerns that we have as an industry, which is lack of information quickly in a timely manner. Exactly, and, and um, that's an issue now, you know, with what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can you can put your head in the sand and say, well, it won't happen. Well, the fact is, it's aviation, it will happen. Um, and, you know, disruption is, you know, we are, and you may have picked up on this yesterday, our first aircraft is actually a spare aircraft. Um, you know, we, we are actually committing to the market by actually having a spare um, immediately up front because we know things will go wrong. We hope things don't go wrong regularly, but we need to have the, um, we need to have the ability to recover and there's a certainly a, a, a significant cost associated with that. But that's also part of the, um, you know, we're here for the long term and you have one opportunity of creating a good first impression. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to create a great first impression. And part of that is by being able to communicate with our customers through the app. What it also means is on board the aircraft, we can actually communicate. We can obviously um, make sure from a um, from an entertainment perspective, from an onboard communication perspective, um, everything is through the app. Um, we also get quite excited about our average flight time of 100 minutes. Um, each aircraft has, um, with six sectors a day, 1,000 customers a day. So that's 100,000 eyeball minutes of opportunity on board our aircraft to, um, if you like, uh, and I'm going to use a word I'm not comfortable with, but retail, mm-hmm. um, and to actually communicate with our customers. And if you're flying into the Sunshine Coast, the beautiful Sunshine Coast, where I am at the moment, um, if you're flying in and you maybe want to go visit Australia Zoo, um, maybe maybe we can sell you the um, onboard the aircraft flying into Australia Zoo. You can uh, you know you and the family you can um, book your uh, visit to Australia Zoo whilst you're flying into the Sunshine Coast. We can make a little bit of money out of that. You're happy as a customer. That's the retail opportunity mm-hmm. for a hundredth eyeball minutes that probably our industry. Um, probably doesn't make the best of at this moment in time. And I think we have an opportunity and I think um, Bonza will be at the forefront of that. I totally agree with you. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just sitting in how I like to say a cylinder for (laughs) quite a while, um, just a tube and there's not a whole lot to do. And why not, if you are going, like you said, when a lot of people, the target audience, if you're going on holiday up on the coast, why not? You know, it's a, it's a, it makes it a bit more seamless for the people and, and it may lead them to come back. They're like, what an, what an absolutely incredible experience over maybe something I experienced a few years ago. So um, I definitely get you there. And that's something I have seen um, while, when you've talked about Bonza is especially the onboard product and what you guys would be offering. And I was like, that's something I have not seen before. So uh, massive kudos there. I'll just jump through the, the last couple of questions in the area. These ones are community driven. So I got a couple that people wanted to ask you directly. And the first one was, I've seen it inklings around, but I wanted an answer just from you. So what's the significance of the name Bonza? Uh, just, and how did that come about as a name? Um, Bonza, Bonza, we wanted something which says we're very different in the market. Um, so, um, you know, we, we are offering something very different and we wanted to say we're very proudly Australian. We wanted to say we're proudly something very different in the Australian market. And um, we actually, you know, we started off with a list of about 300 different, uh, there's some bizarre stuff on there. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Can you give me the, one? There's one a whole, the, one of the craziest. A whole rock, but, yeah, there's a whole bunch of crazy in there, but um, we ended with, we ended up with Bonza and um, yeah, it works, you know, um, for, it actually means good, well executed. And, um, you know, we, that's exactly what we need to be. We need to be excellent and we need to be well executed. And if we can achieve that, 
um, well, you know, that's Bonza. And um, there, there is an element as well of um, we almost want to bring Bonza back. It's almost like a term which, you know, is um, generational. It's still used in uh, a little bit in uh, more in regional um, areas. Um, well, that's perfect but, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is an element of, uh, yeah, we want to bring Bonza back. And um, most importantly, we wanted to um, reinforce the fact that we're something different in the, more, in the market, but proudly Australian. Of course. And um, the last question in regards to just community ones is purple. It's a key color for the branding and some may look at it as in, wow, purple. So how did you guys come to purple? Were there other colors you were exploring, color palettes, or was purple always at the forefront? Um, we, um, we, we wanted a bright color, like most low-cost carriers. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of go, how do we stand out? Um, and in this particular market, you know, um, red was gone, orange was gone, um, yellow, uh, it's, you know, it's a tricky one. Um, there was, there was, um, someone who was after lime green at one point and I went, no, don't like that. Um, so, um, purple, to be quite honest, um, my, my wife tells me that, you know, purple are the sunsets and the sunrises. Um, so, um, that works. I actually also have a, um, the jacaranda trees oh my here. dad loves that absolutely adores on yeah, one as well yes so um and the, yeah so i actually have a bit of a, an affinity for uh, for purple i think as a consequence mm-hmm. um and uh, that's where it ended up well it's a good choice because um obviously i've been into aviation since god uh, as young as i can remember probably four years of age and i've been to melbourne airport week after week with my dad and slowly but surely and progressively i'd argue the colors got a little bit they sort of disappeared so seeing purple eventually, it's going to be it's going to be a nice change. I would definitely say so. <laughs> it was very um, it was very striking um, on on the runway yesterday at the Sunshine Coast. It really was. Um, it really did stand out very well, and looks looks even better um, better up close. Yes. Um, so on to our last area before a little bit of a fun conclusion. So this is the, about the future, and I guess when I put this forward to someone, I say, "What's the next ten years look like?" But see. 10 years sounds like a long time, but in an aviation world, 10 years comes like that. Um, <laughs> it can all come... So it's, it's, uh, to be completely honest with you, it, it's a long way away, but it's also close, and it's, it's hard to sort of find that middle ground. So in regards to the future of Bonza, are you guys exploring potentially un- other areas away from Australia? I know one of the biggest parts of Bonza is serving those um, underserved markets. Do you see potential for that in other areas like Southeast Asia or the Pacific? Later down the line, of course. Uh, no, um, really, um, you know, it's, um, I, I guess with, with a name like Bonza, um, it really is, you know, it, it's, it's ring fencing us to, um, the Australian market. We believe the opportunity is very, very significant here. Um, there is a significant gap in the market and, uh, you know, um, job number one, two and three is to fill that opportunity, um, and to fill it and to execute really well. I like that, to be honest. Um, I think often we see, uh, and again, not that there's something wrong with that, but we see a lot of companies maybe, and not even in the aviation space, look to expand so quickly and maybe forget about what they're aiming to do. And for you guys, it is capturing that regional. So it's almost nice that you guys are going to be sticking to that one area, do you know what I mean? And focusing on that, really harnessing it and growing that market that you guys see a potential for. So um, that's nice to see. And uh, I just think we'd move on to now a bit of rapid fire to conclude off, to leave you on a good note for your day. So, um, basically, all you need to do is yes or no to these questions, and they're very traditional to Australia, and it's got to be whatever first comes to your head. So, Tim Tams, yes or no? 
Yes. Vegemite, yes or no? Yes. Lamingtons? Uh, no. Why is that? <laughs> just too too spongy. Okay. Just too, uh, yeah. Fairy bread? Uh, so, no. Like, no. Um, and then four and twenty meat pies? Yes. Yep. And finally a sausage sizzle at Bunnings? Uh, yes. Yes. Massive yes? Two, two yeses for that two one. Yeses. Favourite one? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. The for sure. Um, that's all for me. I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. I know you're very busy, so I appreciate you getting up early um, and taking the time to chat with me. I'm very excited for the future of Bonza, and I'm very excited to jump on board one of your aircraft in the coming months. So thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, and thanks for uh, thanks for letting me join you. No so, worries. Thank you. Take care. It. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Keep in touch. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.